0: People are creating destinations out of nowhere. Like, it, you can drive in the middle of some F nowhere and find this great little villa or chalet or whatever cabin and have an amazing experience. And then, with a proper brand, it becomes the destination. I stayed at the XYZ castle in the middle of nowhere, and people will start to flock to it.
1: Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinksell. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I talk with a dear friend and colleague of mine, Will Slickers, who is the host of Slick Talk, the Hospitality podcast and the Good Morning Hospitality show, and also the creator of the Distant Air Award. Will is also one of the founding members of the Game Changer group on Facebook. And if you haven't checked that out yet. You should jump on Facebook now and put in Game Changer and join the group. In this conversation Will shares his amazing journey and how he quit his job as a hotel manager to become a full-time podcaster and content creator in the hospitality space. Will tells about what he's learned from his biggest failure and how adversity has made him stronger and more focused. He also shares the story about his first mentor in business and life and how this was a tipping point for his entrepreneurial journey. We also discuss the current situation for the hospitality industry and what he believes that will happen in the coming years. We have an in-depth conversation about short-term rental accommodation, Airbnb model and much more. In this conversation, we'll make you rethink your situation and ask yourself, do I really follow my own dreams? But before you tune in, why not sign up to our Maverick Community Newsletter and get great insights and leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com We all need to go through this together, so happy to have a chat with you about your challenges or anything else. Please book a chat with me on hospitalitymavericks.com Grab coffee and enjoy. Today, we have a, a very special guest, a, a dear friend of mine, uh, has become a dear friend of mine. We, we have only met over the internet uh, for now. Uh, so he's a partner in the Game Changer, if you haven't already figured that out. And uh, he's also a podcast host, and he's also an expert in what we hear in the UK call service accommodation, uh, short-term rental of your, for example, through Airbnb platform. And we, we're going to touch on that later. But also there's a very interesting journey about Will Slickers as the guest today, is that he is uh, not long ago he was working in a hospitality job, but now he's created a whole different platform of uh, creating an income from it, it's quite interesting. So, welcome to the the show, Will. It's a great pleasure to have you on, and I've been uh, been so lucky to be a guest on your podcast as well.
0: Yes, thank you for having me, and I'm excited to uh, actually drop your episode tomorrow. So, yeah, it's going to be good to hear the feedback from my audience and get of of course, you know, all the game changer stuff involved. It's been it's been exciting. It's been a really riveting time right now.
1: Yeah, and no, we we had a, an interesting uh, we had a little test yesterday where we went live in our Facebook group, and uh, and I thought it was absolutely uh, interesting to see what happens when you put five podcasters uh, on the the same show. And I thought that that's going to be a fight <laughs> for the word. There was a you know everybody wants to be heard, you know, because uh, normally we were just listening, and then we had the chance to to talk. And I and it was so interesting what we picked up from our guests and the way we could put that in context to the challenges that the industry has right now. But that's a different conversation, but I thought it was worth just touching on here uh, since it was so fresh in, in mind. So, Will, so goes, for the people that doesn't know you, your podcast and all the other incredible things you're doing, your morning show and so on, can you tell them a bit about who is Will, what journey you're on, and what is your business all about?
0: Yeah, for sure. I'll start in the beginning, and I'll try to keep it pretty short, so it's going to sound like a lot into a really small time frame, but it's a lot within, a, I would say, a five-year span. But I started a chauffeur and event company in Spokane, Washington, which is just a little bit on the east side of Washington State from Seattle. Uber came in and really destroyed me. I had too much overhead. I was very brand new at business. I was barely 20 years old. Um, and so I, on the year date I opened the business, I closed it. And I started working at a Marriott Autograph Hotel, uh, Autograph Collection Hotel, which is like a luxury brand under Marriott. And um, when I started there, I got hired right on the spot with no experience. So I was very thankful for my manager, who's now my close friend, uh, for giving me the opportunity. But um, when I was there and I was serving the guests and just working in the front desk and just learning um, the the service, what it takes, you know, hospitality. I just knew I fell in love with the industry as a whole, um, hotels, restaurants, service, you know, just that giving, providing something excellent, creating moments. Um, so worked my way through the ranks, uh, for about two and a half years there. And I pretty much did everything in that hotel. I helped with valet. I helped with restaurants. I helped with uh, room service. I helped with you name it. Um, I was, you know, a part of the whole team and just loved everything we did. Um, but I was hungry for more. And I was uh, a Gary V. Tony Robbins podcast fan. Um, and so long story short, I moved to the Oregon coast to work for an independent boutique side uh, to learn the real business of, you know, what this 716 room hotel couldn't really teach me because we just didn't have the management to take me under their wing at that time. We were just so busy. So I moved to the Oregon coast to get under the boutique side to really learn what ADR was and what RevPAR was and what real revenue management looks like and how to really create a sustainable lodging business. And so during that time, I had no friends or family out on the coast. I saw Gary V and Tony Robbins do a podcast saying, hey, you need to, if you have an idea about anything, here's a free tool on how to make a podcast that costs you maybe 20 bucks to create the intro and outro and all the stuff. And so go ahead and do it. So me being like that entrepreneurial itch that I had from a failed chauffeur and event company, um, I decided to say, screw it. Bought a $20 mic and did that. Um, That kept me busy on my off time while I was out there on the coast. And um, through a lot of changes, there was a lot of ownership changes and stuff. So I bounced around uh, to different properties, you know, how it goes when people go through sales of businesses and stuff. It just wasn't a good time to, you know, be in because there was so much happening. Uh, so I went to a new property and within six months became the manager and AGM and uh, was running their revenue and marketing. So did all of that, including front desk and guest services, and then um, was still running the podcast full-time and to the point where it really just became like, I have to decide, quit my job or pursue the podcast. What made me happier? And, um, once the podcast revenue from like sponsorships and other things like that exceeded my salary, um, as a, uh, hotel manager, that's when I decided I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to save a little bit more. So I'm going to give myself, you know, six months and continue to build that little savings account and, um, and then, and then jump off. And so I did December 27th, uh, 2019 I quit my day job. I gave them four weeks notice, and that was my last day, um, was December 27th, and then jumped into podcasting full-time. Um, but I missed one little part, and also during that time, like a year before, I met some partners, and we started a management company for vacation rentals. Uh, like you said, the uh, service accommodation management business, and that was being built within a year as well. So there was a lot of things happening at once.
1: Yeah, and then you you jump straight into a pandemic and most people will say, wow, I would rather have that hotel manager job than uh, being a self-employed entrepreneur, just uh, launching my business on full power into a pandemic. So h- how that been for you? Because that must be quite an interesting, because I think a lot of people are standing now with this challenge. I can't find a job, so I need to start a business.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because I think about that, like, if I stayed at the hotel, I probably would have been furloughed anyways, to be honest, like at the salary I was making in a small Oregon coastal town. I just don't think the the salary was, uh, that would have been a big point that the owner would have cut. Um, So I would have been furloughed anyways. So I'm just thankful that I saved. I was smart. You know, I cut all my living expenses that were unneeded. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I don't need to go drinking with my buddies all the time. I don't need to do this X, Y, and Z. And, um, Pretty much made like my cost of living very minimal uh, but comfortable and so with that as well just the overall like no one saw COVID 19 really coming um you know i remember when i was uh, i was in florida so i was traveling like the first three months like i was all over the place like over the u.s and then i was in london in march kind of close to you and um that's when you know the national emergency uh, declaration was declared by our president here in the U.S. And so a lot of things were crazy. I was scrambling to get home. Um, but then like literally a week later after being home and quarantining and just trying to figure out what the hell was going on, all my sponsors, all my you know podcast partners, all my guests, everybody I had lined up canceled. I l- went from X amount of dollars a month in revenue to zero. And uh, again, thankfully, I had another reserve, which was not my savings account, but the Army National Guard. Uh, I've been a part of that for six, uh, yeah, six years. So when I was 19, I enlisted, um, which is basically saying I was Army, but part time in the sense I really didn't have to report every day. Um, but thankfully I got activated to run all the COVID-19 test sites in Washington state, um, for about six months in April till about August. So like I said, I don't think if I didn't have that uh, and I didn't go into the entrepreneurial side, I still would have been furloughed. And then from losing all my sponsors, I had six months of revenue and income coming in from the army. So I really was set for success in a couple of different ways, but was still like I, my mindset with it too. Like with a podcast was once a side hustle, right? I was managing a hotel, I was doing all these things and it was a side hustle. Now running a test site is no different. Like so I had to go like shift my mindset back to that like once a side hustle, always a side hustle. I can always continue to do this while doing other things as long as I'm like determined and just keep going. So that was when I knew I just couldn't give up. Um yes, I had about a month of silence on the podcast. I didn't have any episodes go out, no recordings, no nothing. But that's because everyone's trying to figure out what the hell was going on and how to handle and how to like just function. So once we started getting a grip, then that's when things kind of picked right back up.
1: Interesting, you know, going a process, like we all have different uh, journeys in this uh, pandemic. I don't, I don't think it's over yet. I think we are maybe in the middle of it, but what is the, you know, what is the most surprising thing you learned in that process? What was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that or I couldn't have figured that out without going through this process of pandemic, starting your own business.
0: I realized a couple things, uh, just, uh, you know, the, the term sink or swim, a lot of people say that, but to see it in action, uh, on myself side, like on my side and of course on others, you know, in the industry, people I looked up to, um, as leaders in, in the vacation rental space or in the hotel space or the rent restaurant space, people I looked up to, like when it came to sink or swim, I saw who did like the action took in, you, you know, um, Including myself, I struggled for sure. I, there was a couple nights where I'm pretty sure I was like, what am I doing? How do I, how do I recoup? How do I pivot? How do I innovate? How do I continue? I don't want to stop. Um, I think that really sink or swim, you know, model came into place. Um, and that was a big learning for me. Like, that was like, I, on like a personal note, like I never, like I've always been a people person I've always been like a kind of like that class clown. I never had like a clique right in high school or middle school like I was kind of everywhere um, but I struggled with like depression and 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 self worth and like trying to discover who like I was as a kid uh through a lot of stuff and th- during this time like I've always been developing and self developing but I think you know I learned a lot about myself and and during that and so that like it was it hasn't been easy for sure but it's been incredible like it's been life-changing in the sense of that i don't think i would change it for anything It was like i was telling a friend of mine and we were both joking like the pandemic was probably the worst best thing that could ever happen in a lot of ways um it's horrible that we've had people die it's horrible that we've lost our economy it's horrible that businesses are closing but the good out of it is that we've grown we're learning we're seeing how to build sustainable businesses um and that's that's incredible because that can affect so many other things in life um so i just been just riding along man it's just been it's been incredible uh but scary and yeah i don't really yeah that's pretty much all i got for that part
1: yeah, it's super interesting what you're saying there because we talked a bit about it yesterday and uh, sustainability is uh, its about profitability in the end, but sometimes it's also the way you get to profitability. We talked about it yesterday as well on the, the Game Changer chat. And I think it's, it's so interesting what you're saying is like we probably need it as a society, industry, world, uh, especially the Western world, I think, like a reset in a way, and just asking us the question: Is this actually a, uh, the life we want to live? Is this actually how we want to do things? Is this the you know the way of going forward? Is this good for you know uh, the people around us, the communities we're part in, and, and the planet? And I think I think it's uh, and we're still in the middle of it, uh, but I think there's a lot of reflection going on. And so I think you're, you're spot on. Like it's probably the best that could happen for individuals, but also uh, as a, a species that could ha- happen for us. The interesting thing uh, is, it's like you know, you you're starting your entrepreneurial journey much earlier than I got started myself. I got caught up in the, in the corporate ladder and, and, and doing that. Um, what has, has been you know, um, what has been your biggest failure? Even though it's a, you're you're slightly young yet, but you're really reflecting on things. What has been your your biggest failure, and what do you learn from that?
0: Well, like I'll say that, you know, the corporate ladder entrepreneur thing, like for me, the corporate world is very attractive. Like, trust me, I went other than like with the National Guard uh, income that I was making, like it wasn't compared to like what I was making with the full sponsorships and stuff like the income wasn't that great, but it was reliable. It was consistent, you know, and so like going in from like a corporate nine to five, you know, W-2 job. Uh, is consistent income versus when you're an entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, you can create contracts and have X, Y, and Z set up for six months to a year, but it's never guaranteed. Like You can lose that in a heartbeat, Um, which is true with anything else, but it's just like the realness of it hits a little bit different. Um, But I think my biggest failure to answer your question, Michael, is, and I've been thinking about this a lot, like I even caught myself last night, just like going through just some reflection after our chat with the game changer stuff and like reevaluating the podcast and looking at audience and all this other stuff is I compare myself too much to other people or I um, not compare myself too much to other people, but care too much about what is perceived of what I'm doing. Like what, like, I don't know, thinking about how others see it. And um, sometimes that's a good thing. It's good to be aware of, you know, your audience or your customers or your clients, X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, comparing yourself is going to do you no good. It's just going to put you down a rabbit hole. It can just take a lot of energy that's not needed um, from you and get you off the path of like actually continuing to grow. And so that's been my biggest failure is just like always comparing myself and then like creating expectations that aren't real, like that aren't there, like I'm not a 25-year industry expert. So why am I comparing myself to one? I can learn so much from them. I can do a lot in the sense of new ways of thinking. So like, I'm not them. Why would I compare myself to them? I should just be looking at what they've learned or what they've done to succeed and what they've done in failure and how can I apply it to my life instead of comparing and saying, why am I not there? Why am I not good enough like that? Why can't I have an audience like this? Or why can't I do this? Uh, why can I make a million dollar business overnight like that? Well, it's not overnight. I didn't see their whole journey, so why am I comparing myself, you know? So that's my I would say my biggest failure as an entrepreneur and like just as a person in general. Yeah,
1: and I think that's probably if everybody's honest, that's one of the biggest challenge we had because um Uh, I would say even if you work on it, it will still come up. Um, And I read a book some years ago that really made me reflect on this as well. It's called It's a Subtle Art of Not Giving a Shit. And it's an amazing book because actually you run around mirroring yourself and have all these thoughts about what people think about it. They don't even have those thoughts. They don't have the headspace to it. And you're spending too much time with actually blocking you to move forward. And, uh, And it blocks your energy, as you said. And I think, you know, you mentioned Tony Robbins. He talks a lot about your get things off the plate that, that blocks your baseline energy. And I think you know, sometimes, you know, these uh, words, so that, that's very honest and uh, very true, Will. That's, uh, and it's a big challenge because as you progress and you do more and more things, it becomes more complex, more demanding of you. And every time you have to, to beat that beast, get it away again because you feel, I'm actually worthy to be here. Of course you're worthy, or else you wouldn't be invited in. You wouldn't be able to uh interview these people you wouldn't be able to be in that room. So I actually think it's not about uh experience in my world has really gone out of the window with the pandemic as well is your ability to uh to move on and not and, and manage this this beast of you know uh not giving a shit, you know. Just get get it out of the way. Uh and still again you don't have to be other people's journey. You have to be in your own journey in a way, as we as we talked a bit about before we went online as well. Um you mentioned you had a couple of leaders through your career. Which three people have inspired you most,
0: and why? So there's been a couple. I can tell you one for sure, and I will always remember this this guy who's been like my mentor. Um, I, you know, I I I mentioned a little bit earlier that I didn't have like like I I was I had a good upbringing, but I struggled with a lot. I had some stuff happen in my past and through my childhood and, and growing up um where I struggled and you know especially getting into high school not really having a clique or group of friends um and bouncing around to all these other groups and people and just never having something like I never had that one best friend or that one person I would go hang out with like it was just like whoever was available I would just really go hang out with um and that really got me into a lot of trouble like let's be honest I was not the most uh goody 2 shoe or I wasn't the most uh proper kid in high school. I was very uh, rambunctious and wanted to party and do all sorts of things and so the my first like real exposure into business was when uh this this uh close family friend through some hard times of mine. I was I was homeless at the time and he took me in and um, he pretty much like has forty acres on this farm and they had like a bunch of horses and all this crazy stuff. And they said, Okay, you're gonna shovel the horse crap for twice twice a day, five days a week and we'll we'll pay you 100 bucks. and then I was like, I, I'm in and then I would like, I stayed on their property in this like trailer and it was just like, it was a crazy experience, I was very young, I was 17 and um, so I was like, be down this like horse farm and I would look up and I'd see their mansion made out of concrete and all this like crazy stuff and uh, just like, wow, like that's what like real money looks like and all this other stuff like, you know I can't wait to be like that and uh finding out like he took me up to dinner and there, him and his wife and his daughters who I was friends with through through middle school um he had a real genuine conversation with me that woke me up I think this was like the waking moment um he made dinner and I was a picky eater but he made me eat like vegetables and stuff and uh, I just kind of did it because I was hungry and just thankful to have an opportunity to like have a warm place to stay and long story short um he had a conversation with me. He's like, "Well, I want you to write out your goals. I want you to you you've gotten into this position because you never had anything to chase other than like the high or the moment of getting drunk or going to do this or like going to party. Like that's all you've had to chase. That's all you've been looking forward to. That's why you're going through these times. Um, what are your goals? What do you want to do?" And he showed me. He told me his story about how he started his concrete business, um, and it was a multi million dollar concrete business to the to this day. Um, they're very successful. They're, they're doing like game changing stuff in the that side of the, their industry, you know? And, um, he, he told me his story and I came back the next day with like five things, five goals I wanted to achieve. And then he kept me accountable. And then he started like mentoring me and teaching me like how to be a man in the sense of like providing and building and creating and like finding the self-worth that I was struggling to find. And so that Guy whose name's Mark um, has been like the ultimate leader and like mentor I've ever had, and um, so I can't I don't know if I can tell you three people that I've always looked up to, but that's been one. He's been someone's been consistent in my life when I joined the military. You know, he wrote letters of you know encouraging you know words and just like you know I'm proud of you. Like he pretty much took me in like a son, and so uh, there's just one person I can think of that's been a consistent role model and. Uh, Especially on the entrepreneur side, like we talk about business now, and we go get coffee, and we talk about innovations in his industry and innovations in ours. And like he's, it's just been a great thought out leader and um and mentor.
1: Amazing, that's like a personal uh, mentor on your journey. Is there any like uh, of uh, you know, uh, like uh, the big boys that you think that you you like you can see you'd like to mirror them? They are in your mental boardroom. You, you you read their books. You you you're studying them. Is there any any you can mention there?
0: Yeah, um, obviously like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, Simon Sinek, like the big the big ones. You know that we all, all talk about um, people that I watch uh, consistently. You know YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. But for like hospitality wise, I really look up to Michael Sorensen from from Marriott's uh, CEO. So that I don't I just the way they handled the pandemic. Um, I think, you know, you know, sacrificing their salaries and doing all this, you know, stuff to continue, um, the Marriott name and, and brand was, was, a yeah, definitely one I would look up to and, and say that in my mental boardroom for sure.
1: Great. Well, so, Will, um, what about the, you know, uh, uh, we now the, the, we were going through the pandemic. We, we talked about it in the game changer environment, uh, what do you see that's going to happen with this industry, uh, especially if we take it down to the the service accommodation? Maybe what's your expert area and uh, the and the short term rental, uh, hotel business? What what's going to happen now, the next twelve to eighteen months? If you had a crystal ball and uh, and and how do you think this is all going to pan out for for hospitality?
0: Yeah, and it's a good question. Something that like myself and a bunch of others in the industry have been like contemplating and and talking about um, within the last like couple months. But my real like thinking on it is that COVID-19 and this pandemic sped up a lot of things in a lot of ways, like the industry in short-term rentals and and service accommodations was already going this direction. Um, If you look at lodging as like a certain section of hospitality, vacation rentals or service accommodation, um, has been the leader in recovery. They've been the ones that have been able to produce more revenue and income and actually sustain this like segment of hospitality in the sense of hotels are doing okay. I wouldn't say they're doing horrible, horrible, but there there's some that are, you know, obviously have closed their doors. Like we're we're not gonna undervalue that. But out of the whole lodging side, I would say Vacation rentals are carrying this this segment because they are separate from lobbies and elevators and community areas. Um, they provide a safety uh, that hotels just don't fully provide in the full sense of um, you know airborne viruses and COVID 19. But um, I would say COVID has really sped up the way the industry was going. Like you know there, we've we've been we're shifting from like a host which is like an owner who just like has an extra, you know, home and they want to put on Airbnb um, to the professional managers who build the collection and, and really starts to professionalize and standardize the segment of hospitality, because that's one thing hotels do really well. They standard, they have, you know, when you stay at a courtyard anywhere, you're pretty much know what to expect wherever you go or a Fairmont or a, you know, uh, holiday inn like that. That standard is pretty well set and is consistent. Versus a vacation rental, it's very different. You're getting all sorts of different people and owners and management companies at different walks of life and have different design and all different layouts. Like nothing is the same. And so unless you go to like a you know a sonder property, which is like a multi-family um, property type unit, but all in all, it's a very unique experience no matter what. And so now COVID has really sped up this professionalization of vacation rentals to the point of now we are kind of playing with the big boys those who didn't make it through the pandemic in the beginning back in april and march or march and april um you know those you could tell a lot of the bad providers the ones that were doing master leases or arbitrage or like running just like a automated hands-off thing that they feel like they could just make an income off of um you know didn't really make it and, and so we're seeing the professional ones who do really care about creating sustainable sustainability and profitability with their, their homes and their units. Um, those are really rising to the top. And so, um, it's been incredible to watch just with this whole 19, COVID-19 cause like I even wrote an expert insight paper yesterday for a, a data research going out and it was, Basically saying, you know, 2019, we focused on safety and cleanliness as separate topics. Um, those were like completely separate conversations in the industry. And now with COVID-19, cleanliness and safety are completely uh, synonymous. Like they're they're one. They're like they're you can't talk about one without the other. And so um, seeing that and like the rise in professionalism and just the overall mindset shift of the industry. I think, you know, not to like talk about any platforms negatively or anything like that, like just because, um, you know, I'm not, it's not what I'm here for. Uh, but, you know, a lot of managers and hosts and homeowners um, woke up in, in April because when Airbnb and other platforms allowed 100% cancellation with full refunds with no questions asked, no other option of like crediting for a future stay or doing anything like that. Um, Millions of revenue was lost, and no one could do a thing about it. Not, no one could do anything about it. Um, and so, I think the industry kind of woke up on that side of taking back control, um, focusing on direct bookings, focusing on branding, uh, realizing the mindset mindset of this my Airbnb to now my property on Airbnb. This is not their property. This is my asset. I clean the toilets. I change the sheets. I schedule everything. I communicate with the guests. I do this. They don't do a thing. They're a marketplace, and so that that was a big awakening for a lot of us. And so I'm excited to see this whole thing shift and and speed up in that direction.
1: Two interesting things you say there. Maybe we need to dig down. And the first one you say about standardization. It's so interesting to see. You know, you think about Airbnb being your house out or your flat. Uh, there's a lot of individuals that's gone into this but you've seen it become more professionalized um, I've seen it uh, with a flat I own in Copenhagen where I approached because of the location after they seen some pictures it's worse on for renting uh, and it's furnished and they thought that and thought that like that's like a, a Danish you know Danish home people want to come and visit so they offered me to take over my asset. Uh, it was just before the pandemic, we never got it signed off at that point because then I just went for the safe rental. But they wanted to take it that they standardizing and they had some. Uh, what they showed me were like a collection of uh, different packages, it's a bit like when McDonald's fit out restaurants, they're different packages. Said, So we'll go in with these furnitures and they will fit what you already have, and then we'll just add on some extra values and we will take, uh, you know, a cut of your. I can't remember how the division was. I think they will take 25% to manage that property. But again, it worked for them. And I guess they had some kind of deal with Airbnb and and so on. But it's interesting to see, to be approached in that way, when you sit as a landlord with an asset. And I don't live in the country anymore. I live in the UK. So that flat sometimes can be a bit of a challenge for me. But they actually, and they promised me, you know, certain development of uh, rental levels. uh, So they went in and said, we're a bit like hotels. We take this property management company and we'll make it very valuable for you and for us. But you take, you have no risk as the landlord. You're guaranteed. So is that the journey you're seeing is happening? And they come in and they had like an impressive brand and story and why they were doing what they were doing. They were like a professional company, former hotel people in principle.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's, that's pretty pretty, pretty similar to what we're seeing just because, you know, a lot of people, like you said yourself, were either renting it out long term or they were like, you know what, I can put it on Airbnb and, and let it get booked and see what kind of revenue I can make. Um, and now we're seeing we've seen a lot of those type of management companies form and say this, they, the numbers are the numbers don't lie. Like the data is there. We have access to see how cities are doing and how. Um even like um you know what do you call it outskirt towns and things outside of major cities are performing really well when it comes to this type of accommodation and so when that is there and you have a collection of properties and you brand it and you start you know uh synchronizing things like you know utilizing local businesses for like the coffee or having like a local cleaning company or you know doing all these certain things and creating like that hotel feel but with a whole home um that has been like it's resonating with the traveler the travelers are wanting that especially with COVID-19 like people want to feel at home but away from home and so um the professionalization and just in that standard has been has been crazy to see it. it's just evolved so quickly um and I was already in that game prior to um you know COVID-19 but I think it's made everybody up their game on the service provider side of the industry and in the actual property asset. Like for now, we're focusing on quality control. We saw a lot of the be- like bad operators or just the operators that weren't running at a profitability uh, standpoint, l- you know, leave the game or exit out of the industry, uh, unfortunately, back in April. Um, but now we're seeing it just really amp up in the side of, of everybody else that is doing the, the experts
1: and it's so interesting because i guess there is uh you know we're talking about hospitality and you know we are at a, a breaking point uh for many points of view we're looking down the barrel of a gun in a moment and there's many people losing their jobs um and this is actually an interesting way to go out and start your own business i think because just thinking about the landlord market how many of the sits with properties they're struggling managing the 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 faff of that that he actually wants somebody to take that property off. And if you can come with that developed concept, that's going to guarantee, you know, guarantee the landlord's rent so they can pay their, their mortgage and still earn a little profit. And then you can, do all the cream on the top running as a professional brand. I think that that's an interesting prospect of a business opportunity for, for hospitality people, because if you are in the end of the day, it's not just getting it up on the platform. It's about creating that experience, I guess, as you talk about as well like that, you know, where they, they feel they are under a brand, but it's still an individual home, but there's some touch points that make them connect could be the soap, the towels, the things we, we like in a hotel, the, the new fresh bedding and the the, the towels and so on.
0: Exactly. Well, and I want to touch on, and I'm going to, if this is okay with you, I want to bring up um, uh, this concept that was created um, when I was on orders. Uh, so back in June, back in June uh, during this pandemic, we were you know, trying to like our company itself was trying to figure out like, how do we describe what we're dealing like property management, um, you know, hosts, manager like i don't know the, the, the these terms weren't one describing what we were doing in the full sense of like i'm a airbnb property manager like people get like oh you're on airbnb they get that but they don't get what property management is they don't get the standardization the professionalism the stuff that goes behind it all the stuff that we just talked about and so we're like looking at what what describes what we're doing and we couldn't find a word and so our slogan was, you know, exceeding expectations, creating destinations. And I loved the term creating destinations because um, especially for me, like growing up as a kid, I thought of destinations as like Fiji or Hawaii or like all these exotic places that people, you know, fly to and plan their whole year uh, and, and experience. But really what we've seen is people are creating destinations out of nowhere. Like it, you can drive in the middle of, you know, Bomb F nowhere and and find this great little you know uh, villa or chalet or whatever cabin and have an amazing experience. and then the and then with a proper brand, it becomes the destination. I stayed at the XYZ castle in the middle of nowhere, and people will start to flock to it and it's been crazy. So I came up with this term uh, and and definition called the destination air. So it's like a millionaire but destination air. And the definition is people that are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And I believe this concept can be applied to anything in hospitality. And you can create destinations out of nothing. We know I live right out, right between the Canadian border and Seattle. And one of our properties was in a small town nobody's ever heard of. If I tell you Arlington, Washington, you'll probably, unless you're from here, you'll never know. Where Where's that? Like, you're like, uh, no idea. And we had a castle, legit 22,000 square foot castle property. And it's not in a destination people come to. Like, Arlington has no tourism, but we were constantly booked at the highest rate possible because we create a destination. We found local businesses that could relate with us as a property and to relate with us as a brand. And people loved it. Like, they never, they got, once they got from the airport to that property, they never wanted to leave. They had no reason to, and so we're, when you shift towards that, I think we're seeing a lot of this with COVID nineteen. Um, you know, when you shift towards getting out of like that, that destination mindset and creating a destination, how can I make this something so unique, so incredible um, that no matter what, people have no choice but to come here? Um, you'll you'd be surprised, and especially with you know the data we're seeing with drive to destinations like the drive to market. Back in uh, April, May, and June, the radius was maybe, I think, 100 to 200 miles is what people were willing to drive to go experience a vacation. Now it's up to 1,500 miles people are willing to drive and go experience. Um, And so I think that creating a destination uh, concept, the destination air concept, uh, is really taking to full effect with this whole COVID-19.
1: And that's interesting because some, suddenly you go from these big uh, hotel uh, buildings or resorts and stuff like that. And suddenly it's about, you know, that destination of being together again, I get as well. If you can create that feeling, it's a feeling, you're, it's, it's an emotional platform you're creating for people and uh, uh, and I guess that people are so hungry to get out in nature as well. So there's so many opportunities if you have a property that is in 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 the middle of nowhere. Actually, you have loads of opportunities, and you just create this unique little place to go. And it could be for people for work, concentrately deeply on things. Uh, something I've I've done myself in the past. Uh, before I, we got kids, you know, we had to work on something like a very specific project. Just go somewhere for three weeks work and I was always in the middle of nowhere because the only thing you need is that feel of feeling uh, cozy or uh, Wi-Fi, and you need some fresh air so you can walk in nature and actually use your brain. And I think this COVID thing has really made us reconnect with, you know, nature again. And I think, you know, It's not like you need a a big flashing uh, spa or something like that to attract people anymore. That still has its place. But I think, I think it's really interesting what you're saying there. There's a new market coming in all this pandemic and all the businesses you're involved in. Well, how do you keep yourself leveled? How do you keep yourself in balance, strong, ready to seize the day? Because I know uh working with you on the game change and you're a bit like me we have so many spinning plates going sometimes but how do you keep yourself on a, a high energy baseline
0: yeah no um that's a that's something i'm you know i'm always learning I, I still am figuring this out right um but i think i i'm gonna plug it back into like that that destination air concept is people that are wired to create right like I feel like people like you, myself, Josh, Adam, Sean, like we are wired to do this. Um, You just had to put a name to it, right? We just had to understand what it really is. And so for me, like I do struggle. There's days where I'm like, man, I am doing too much. But you have to be self-aware and realize the big picture. I'm 25. I have a long way to go. Um, But how I see all these things I'm juggling is that this is building towards a future where I can be 40, 50, 60 and be able to be more hands off and be able to do things. I love like build a family and, and do hobbies and like travel and experience all these cool things. Um So just understanding the big picture and I'm always kind of putting myself in check and just saying, all right, before I take on this project, does it align? Does it go with my other goals? Does it have a place in what I'm doing? And it's a hard choice. You have to sometimes be like, no, this does not fit. It doesn't fit my overall structure. I have slick Talk. I have Good Morning Hospitality. I have this, I have that. They all align together. That's why I do them. They all serve each other in some way or form. Um, But if they don't, then I have to kind of say no or say, you know, I'll come back to that next month after I get this done. Because you have to be able to like, yeah, I guess it as a puzzle, and another answer to it is that, like, I have to always remind myself of the conversation, you know, the the energy that we had yesterday on our live stream. When I wake up today, I have to remember that feeling. I have to tap into it and remember like that energy because that like. It comes back into being wired this way like we are wired to create remarkable experiences and so like for me like i'm wired but i have to give myself that like reminder of what it felt like i have to like continue to like to, to bring it back to the forefront and just understand all right this is what we're here to do like you just get get at it we just don't have to think too much sometimes and uh and just do and just go and bring that energy to the table and so I, I, could, I like to consider it like being my baseline. Like this energy level needs to be my baseline. I need to wake up, have my coffee, get to the office, and that should be my like overall baseline when I get there. Um, and so, yes, I'm not perfect. I have struggled. There are days where I'm like, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch you know, YouTube videos or Facebook or I'm just going to take a nap. Um, sometimes it's needed. And so just like being self-aware has really helped.
1: Yeah. and it's a continuous journey you know um i uh, I have a one and a half decade more than you on on the back and, and I, I can tell you it's, it's even if as you get older and then you get some working that uh, as I say, you go through different stages, and you need to deal with that again. It's like a continuous muscle to to work with. But that, but that's super aware of you will, and really great uh, to share that. In the end of uh, the podcast, I always ask this question because uh, you know people are tuning into the podcast because they want some help, some tools, some insights on what they can do. What what is your you know advice to our uh, dear leaders out there that is uh, fighting? to to keep their businesses alive getting the team to move on dealing with the complexity of the pandemic what is your top three advice to them right now from your experiences
0: top three number one be open so when i say be open i mean be open in conversation you know i think of this thing that josh copel said to us multiple times when we started this journey together um in our little group is that you know he would have conversations with local restaurants nearby and saying you know how'd you do this month? And they said, "Oh, it's our best month we've ever had. It's our best month. Like we're killing it. We're crushing it." And he's like, "Really? I'm struggling. What the hell?" And so he wouldn't say anything and just like, "Okay, um, that sounds great. Yeah, we're killing it too." There's no transparency in that conversation. Um, so when I say be open, I'm like, let's be honest with each other. And as an industry, like we need to focus on, like yes, we have competition in some you know shape or form. You know, like whether it's Marriott versus Hilton or whatever, like. Yeah, there's competition, but at the end of the day, we are all doing something that brings value to our guests and to our teams. And like, just be open. We need to be open about these conversations and like, what's really going on behind the scenes? Because the more we showcase it and bring it to light, I think the more we're going to learn. Um, so that's my that's number one is be open, be transparent. Uh, number two, uh, don't be afraid to unplug. Don't be afraid to take a day off. Um, Because I realized, like, I think when I went to Cancun, I had this, like, big refresher. Yes, I traveled during the pandemic. It was not uh, probably, it wasn't a bad idea, but it wasn't the best one I've had. But it was very refreshing, and I needed it because I came back completely renewed in the sense, like you said, that restart and just being able to experience something and just kind of, like, let your mind, you know, kind of free up a little bit. It can do a lot and it can bring, like, it will make you more money than if you continue to hustle and work at a hundred hour a week. That's all I can say. And number three, have empathy, just have empathy for what, what's going on in the world. Um, you know, be able to put yourself in other shoes if at the, at the best you can. You know, we all do this for a specific reason, um, whether it's to create a lifestyle or to create a legacy or to create a whatever, um, I think, you know, we have millions of moments a day that we can act on. And, um, you know, when, when you, you act on these things and you don't really think of like empathy in the sense of like being able to relate to others and like understand and bring yourself to the conversation, um, at a real level, then, um, you're, you're closing off. You're, you're not doing what I said as number one, you're not being open. So just have empathy, be open, and don't be afraid to take a day off.
1: That's uh, absolutely amazing. A radical openness, you know, uh, and uh, take care of me. Give yourself me time as well. I think that's, uh, you know, something, you know, most entrepreneurs struggles with because that's always the next thing to be done. There's always the next email to answer, and, and it's really difficult. Uh, I would be very honest and say I still struggle with that because sometimes you know, there's a bit like a drop, you know, when you're – when you're moving forward, it's not so much about the end result; it's about the journey. I often say to people, uh, "It's not about when you've done the deal and the deal comes in. Exactly that journey to winning the deal or getting the stuff done or achieving your own ambition. Uh, there's the drag in itself. The and then you know, st- keep on caring for people. That's uh, it's so important in this. You know, we we all we all have individual struggles, and we we, we just need sometimes to to get a bit of a uh, patience from people. So yeah, that's really good. Uh, where can people find you, uh, Will, if they want to check out your, your show uh, and uh, your morning shows and your podcast and all the other stuff, you know, where's the best platforms to find you and connect with you?
0: Yeah. Um, thank you for, for this opportunity, for the shameless plug and shout out. Uh, but it would be, uh, you can find everything. I try to keep it, I've been I've been doing better. I'm being more consistent, I'm keeping the website up to date. But uh it's slicktalkthepodcast dot com. And I also linked the morning show, which is good morning hospitality, uh, where myself and two other co-hosts we go live every Monday morning and talk about industry news and hotels and vacation rentals and X, Y, and Z and, and we discuss that. Um, and uh yeah, and then of course more to come like with the I kind of mentioned the Destination Air concept, but we have the Destination Air Award 2021 uh, coming to debut very soon. So that will be exciting, and it will be on that website as well. Um, and that links to all my socials, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So com is the hub.
1: And uh, still open, the uh, Destination Air Awards, is that still open for application? So where is that now for people if they think, oh, that's interesting?
0: Yeah. So it's not actually open yet. Like we had 2020 uh, uh, go really well. We had over um, 50 nominees around the world, you know, South Africa, Italy, France, Rome, all over the U.S., you name it. And it was super great. But 2021, working on uh, doing a hybrid in-person ceremony and virtual, but it's um, a ways down the road, 2021. And there will be an announcement uh, hopefully within February or March.
1: Great, great, Will. Thank you so much for coming on the uh, show. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming on, telling about your journey and your perspective on the industry and your own learnings as an entrepreneur. It's really appreciated. I send you power and energy uh, and I will speak to you soon.
0: Thank you, Michael, for having me on. You're the best.
1: What a great conversation, Will, and some great advice here on how to grab the opportunity and follow your dreams and take consistent actions towards them if you want to get inspired about how to follow your dreams and take action towards them i also recommend you to tune in to episode 39 helping to find your inner purpose with mark pitcher who is the founder of smash the box if you enjoyed today's podcast please share rate it review it subscribe to one of our channels or tune in next time for another interview and in the meantime find out more about us and subscribe to our newsletter, and download free leadership tools at hospitalitymavericks.com. Please also join the Game Changer Facebook group if you want to be on the forefront with progressive leaders up to in the hospitality industry. And don't worry, if you didn't get all of this, there will be links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be Maverick.